At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Going to do a very quick intro here and get right into today's show because we have two guests. First up, Darren Rovell from the Action Sports Network. We have a big discussion on Twitter and spoilers. Darren was one of the first people to spoil the Jeopardy finale on a final on Monday uh, with James Holtower's uh, streak ending and got a lot of heat for that. And I actually might sound very nerdy, but I think there's a good discussion to be had about Twitter and spoilers in this day and age because we saw it with Game of Thrones and all that stuff. So Darren comes on and and we discuss spoilers and Twitter and a few other things. And then Andrew Marchand of the New York Post will join the podcast to talk about some sports media news. We talk about um, NBA Finals ratings. Monday Night Football makes a big change behind the scenes. Sunday Night Baseball... A Rod Vasgersian, Justin Mendoza, and that whole telecast. Uh, we and and we have a big discussion about um, athletes whether they can skip out on speaking to beat reporters after a game. So first up, Darren Rovell. Second, Andrew Marshan. Make sure you go into the archive, subscribe, download, rate, review, past podcasts. Jim Nance, Mike Breen, Ian Rappaport, Chris Long. Uh, so check it all out. And now we get this episode started with Darren Rovell. All right, joining me now. Glad to see he's still alive and in one piece to join the podcast. That's because... not even a joke, Jimmy. Come on. It's not? <laughs> I don't know. I was the, I was worried for my real fortune yesterday. The, the Twitter mob the Twitter mob was after you. After you on Monday. It was heated. I don't feel the need to explain myself, but we'll go into it. Um, well, and and maybe I'm not I'm I'm not saying that people will come out on the other side and say Oh, I get it, but but I am I, I'll, I'll I'll talk about what went into the decision and and that that I still think was the right one. Okay, because I I I didn't I didn't want to come I didn't want you to come on to just talk about what happened yesterday. I do think, and this is going to sound very nerdy, but I do think there is a legitimate and um, interesting discussion to be had about Twitter and spoilers because it does seem like it's coming to a head 
uh, Game of Thrones and Jeopardy now basically have um, mm-hmm. made such an impact. But before I get it, I'm just curious. When you have something go on like Monday where you tweet the result in the morning, which you say it's not a spoiler because it aired in some markets, so everyone else thought it was a spoiler, but whatever. When you do that and then the, the mob comes after you, I'm just curious. If you had to say off the top of your head, like, what, what were like the three most heated Darren Rovell days on Twitter? That like was that was that a top three day for you where people were coming after you? It wasn't a top. It was probably the most amount of people. I mean, the fact that I was trending for five hours. It was the longest I've ever trended. Five hours is a really long time now. Maybe some of that has to do with the fact that it was a, not really a, a big day. Right. Um, there wasn't, you know, but so I was up there for a long time, which makes it more stressful. By four o'clock, I was exhausted. Wow. So I was, I, I was reading things. I read things. I think I did a pretty good job of not necessarily responding. And some of that has, I did respond mm-hmm. to some people, but I didn't spend all day responding because again, I felt like it was the right call. So no matter what you tell me, uh, you know, I'm, I don't feel like I need to defend myself to everyone, but um, because it was, I'll tell you what's more exhausting. What's mm-hmm. more exhausting is when you do something negative, when you when you screw up, like when I tweeted the the big guy who was in two seats at the Bulls game and the price of those two seats. Oh right, right, right. A great le- which is a great lesson for me because I I now know you got to be completely locked in. You know, I was both my twins were crying. I wasn't paying attention, but. When it's negative, when you don't, when you feel like you messed up and it's up there and it's out there, it's three times more exhausting no matter what the volume coming in is. Right. Um, all right. So let's talk about Monday for a little in case people don't know. it. So it's, it's such a convoluted story. Okay. So Jeopardy was going to air Monday well, night. Let me tell it. Let me tell it, let me tell it well, from my perspective. So I, on, well, on Sunday, I, I just want ahead. to give one quick background on something here. The Darren tweeted, Darren will tell you when he tweeted the spoiler, but for the record, and I don't think people know this based on tweets I got this morning when I said you were coming on the podcast, the Monday night's Jeopardy result was online Sunday night. It wasn't Correct. Monday morning. It All was Sunday. Over the place. Right. I saw the spoiler. See, I didn't get upset with you, and I wouldn't have, and we'll get into that. I saw the spoiler at 8.30 in the morning when I started working because it was on the New York Post.com and the video. Right, that and the, that's the story that I saw without right. the spoiler that said he appears to have lost. All right, now go ahead. You want to say what you want to say? So once about, that came into my mailbox on Sunday night, we had the conversation um, from an editorial standpoint about is this news? And the answer was yes. And we can't, I didn't retweet that or put that out at all because. Jeopardy is evergreen, right? Like there was no date tied to that. I didn't have any faith that that was that date. Yeah, it was clearly him losing. But like, who knows? Show 33 could be the same as show 53. So, you know, I didn't tweet that, but it did get us to talk about what happens if it is. Mm -hmm. And once we can confirm it, can we talk about it? And we decided that as soon as the first affiliate ran, we would know that it was it was true. (laughs) And there were people on Twitter. I know Montgomery, Alabama is not exactly, uh, you know, not even Birmingham, Alabama. But that's when we started working on it. And that's when I got in touch with 
with uh, with James Holzhauer and basically said, um, you know, is there any conditions? And uh, he didn't really say anything. And I said, I'm, I'm going to I'll give you the courtesy of we'll only publish something after it's run. Like you can imagine it does have there is non-disclosures with their contestants. Yes. Um, I was surprised to learn there aren't anything, any non-disclosures with the audience. And that and this ran on March 12th and no one no one blew it which is amazing. But anyway, he had no problem with me coming out with it. In fact, we discussed, hey, it was blown last night. You know, like uh, when I started to get the hate, he sent me a note saying like, I can't believe, you know, that there's so much hate towards you. I thought everyone, you know, saw everything last night. And obviously Jeopardy let him talk to me and let me publish it. The person they're going after today is not me. They're going after the person who, who leaked it. But I had assumed that more people saw the leak. Not that would have changed that, right. that would have changed anything. Right. But I had assumed that more people saw that leak. Right. Um, I, I, I. This is what I would say to you, and I, I think we. I think we both fall into this trap. I fall into it without a doubt, and I do think that sometimes we forget. And this is me too. We forget what we do for a living, and we forget that. Correct. That's not the real world. So while, for instance, people, I had a couple of people mad at me because I wasn't mad at you. you replied. No, because I replied. Because I wasn't mad at you. Right. I wasn't mad at you. No, no, no. Oh, I thought it's because you replied. And if you, I know Colin said something and he replied to my tweet. And then all people on his timeline who follow me and him saw my tweet. Colin who? I don't. Cowherd. Oh, I, I don't know anything about I don't follow him. I don't know anything but about But you this. understand it, but you understand how that works. Yes. So he, yes. when he responded to my tweet, they the, and I anyone gotcha. who follows us both. Right. Yeah. See, what I did was I so two things. I was not mad at you because people were mad at me because I wasn't mad at you. I wasn't mad at you because it had already been spoiled for me four hours before your tweet. So I already right. knew what had happened. And I in fact I had I put it in my column that day, so I knew. Um when I tweeted you, I didn't. I made a straight tweet. I did not reply to you, and I just said, "Thank you for your mentions today, Darren Rovello. I can't stop. La- I, I read your mentions for about ten minutes straight and couldn't stop laughing. I was not. And then people thought, I, some people thought that was me attacking you, and I was like, "No, I I was legitimately laughing for ten minutes. I just replied. <laughs> and but, I and guess what? I laugh sometimes. Yeah. I wasn't laughing yesterday, but right, right. Uh, <laughs> so." I do think that we get caught up in that we think everyone's on Twitter all day long because we are, or we think everyone's paying attention. And the fact of the matter is the majority of people are not. So while I'm not mad at you for spoiling, I also think there is also this, I mean, listen, you got to have a little perspective. Something being spoiled should not wish you death upon. But let me ask you this. Once you put spoiler People Someone has won 32 in a row. Right. Spoiler alert. Don't read this. Or I, I will tell you that um, it was among, if not the most, read story in our company history. Mm-hmm. Um, so people clicked. Now, I don't know how many people clicked after. I mean, part of the element of the, the story was how he lost. So I know because people were confused about how he went down and I made sure to talk to him about that. So I don't know who clicked before and who clicked after. Right. But I saw the spoiler alerts. 
and the spoiler alerts alone spoil it. Oh, I, I, I think, agree 100%. I think we're being disingenuous after 32 straight times when you say spoiler alert, if you don't want to know, don't click here. To- I mean, Totally agree. Totally agree. I will say a couple of things on that. Um, that was the other reason why I was not mad or on the side of, you know, drop dead Darren Ravel. I Because uh-huh. here's the thing. There was a 0% chance, zero, whether you tweeted it or not, that that was going to stay a spoiler till 7.30 East Coast time when the show is done. Someone someone was going to do it. There's, someone was Right. There's yeah. no, not someone, multiple people. There's no way yeah. the video is going to be posted Sunday night at 6 o'clock, and then it's going to be, you're going to be spoiler free till Monday at 7.30. Listen, the, the executive producer of Jeopardy said he couldn't believe that this, you know, was a secret for so long. I'll tell you that the, the narrative that Jeopardy would be upset, like with me, let's say, even though I just talked, told you that they obviously didn't say uh, to James, don't talk to me. I have not seen the ratings, but how many people, when they know he loses, are now not going to watch to see how he loses well, now, if they've invested the time? Now I'm offended. Now I am mad at you because clearly you didn't okay. read Train of Thoughts today. And if you read Train of Thoughts today, you would know that they got a 10.1 rating, same as the okay. game one of the NBA Finals. Highest rated Jeopardy episode in 14 seasons. Highest rated Jeopardy episode of James Holtzauer's run and streak. Okay, so I need to I need to uh, put that out, but with with your credit, so that's you. amazing. Yes, go check my Twitter; it's all over there. But yeah, so oh. my point, and I wrote this. You know, people hate spoilers, but. They paid off in a big way for Jeopardy because yes. you could not have Jeopardy could not have created the buzz and the momentum it created all right. day yesterday on Monday without Especially that spoiler. They screwed up. They screwed up, Jimmy. They screwed up. Wow. They should have had him. This 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 should have been at some point live. I know he started at a different time, and you never know. Either live, okay, and so whenever it was happening, or or. They should have told, if they cared, they should have told the syndicators, this is an extenuating circumstance. We would like everyone to figure out how to go at 730 or you, you can't get the show. Well, that I have to push back on. I, I, don't think you, I don't think you can blame Jeopardy for some guy or girl going rogue and putting. No, but can you blame Jeopardy for not capitalizing, for not, well, the, if, if it were live, by the way. Yeah, I would have. Uh, how many shows did I watch? I probably watched about four. If it were live, I'd make sure I watched every show. Listen, I will agree with you from this standpoint. There's still nothing in the world better than something that's live. Live is always. I mean, if you even watched non-sports a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy Kimmel did the and Norman Lear did the recreation of All in the Family and the Jeffersons live. Everything live is better than anything else. But you can't expect a show that's been on the air for 500 years to completely change the way they do it. They've never been live. They can't go live. Everything is taped months in advance. You know, it's funny. um, My colleague, Jack Dickey, who you unblocked on Twitter after I spoke to you about it Mm -hmm. on this podcast, he was on Jeopardy. One decent amount of money. He was on Jeopardy last year. I mean, the show is taped so months in advance. Not days right. in advance. Live so, in a day. Yeah, I know. So I they understand. can't they can't possibly do it live. So I got to push back on that one. But I think the bigger issue is this. I don't. Uh, I don't think it's unfair, and I think people think this is harsh. 
if you don't want something spoiled, you have to stay off Twitter. That's just the way it is, whether you like it or not, because that's just yes. the way it is now. People could blame you and this, but nothing's staying a secret for that long. It's just not. We, I remember. I remember 15 years ago. It's like, don't text me. Right, don't right. call my phone. I remember I had a couple football games where I was like, I'm going to be behind. I got it on DVR. I'm going to watch it. And even then, you're somewhere and you look up and you see the bottom line. But it was escapable. Now it's not. You can't go on social media if you want it to be ruined. And then people say, well, how do I know it's going to be ruined? Well, I don't know. I mean, right. <sighs> there was no way to avoid that. There was right. zero chance to avoid that. The New York Post had it Monday morning. It, every website, and I agree with you 100%. Any website out there sending out a tweet that says, uh, did James Holtzauer continue his streak? Or what happens? Was, you know right away he lost. They're not doing that if he won. So you I know. mean, there's one, there's one thing that saves that um, because he was, what, within 58,000 of right, getting. Right. Did he beat his record? But it's like you haven't done any, like, again, you, you give the benefit of the doubt that, that he, he is not based on them, them doing that. I well, mean, I will say on. this. I'll come say on. this. I'm going to kiss ass here a little bit. I, I try <laughs> not to do that, but I'm going to kiss ass here a little bit. I'm going to give props to the SI social media team. Kevin Driscoll, I know you're listening, head of social media at SI. I thought we did a perfect job with the tweet because our tweet was what you just said. The main, account, the main SI account tweeted, um, spoiler, if you want to know if James Holtzauer breaks Ken Jennings' streak, here you, you know, find out here. But other companies, yeah, right. were, other right. companies were mm -hmm. tweeting, you know, does James Holtzauer win on Monday night? And then you knew, obviously, if you have any common sense, that he did not. Right. But I, I, I wonder, I mean, you're Mr. Twitter. Is there any mechanism at all Twitter can put in place that, wait, I, I just don't even. Not under this, not under yeah. this circumstance, no. Right. Because it's not like, oh, I just watched Game of Thrones and this. This was, this, because this was a leak. That's, that's what this is. It's not a standard episode of television Listen, or it, it did not leak um i wouldn't have been ready to write the story until at least one o'clock so every day there's a guy in little rock arkansas who gives me the update after he watches the twelve thirty to one o'clock how'd you finagle that eastern time show how'd you get that guy to do uh that? well because because i had started one time i spoiled it you know somewhere early on and and he's like well if you want to know earlier i'm in little rock and watch the show every day I'm so he was dming me for the last 20 times what james wound up with did you know before james holtzauer that jeopardy aired during the day in a couple of markets because i did not what do you mean before james before his streak started and everyone started no i had no no i had either. no idea yeah okay all right good i thought i was the only dope um i had I no also, idea i also thought it was an abc thing because it is in new york it's not Right, it's syndicated. It's on ABC, NBC, CBS. It's a syndication deal. Right. Well, that that's the other reason why I would I would say back off of Darren Rovell here, which I know is not a popular stance. But if, if forget the forget now, take away the fact that it leaked Sunday night at six o'clock. Once that episode airs in Arkansas, all bets are off. If you're on Twitter, well, that, that, that that's what we determined, right? right. We determined. Someone goes, oh, but it only aired in one point one eight million homes. Why spoil it? Because, it aired. Right. It aired. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, my response, uh, and 
I'm sorry if you think this doesn't fall under journalism, but it clearly became a news story and it was news and we treated it as such. If something happens before your eyes or before someone else's eyes, you don't have to speculate anymore. Wait, here's the, it happened. Right. Here's the argument. This is the question I got from people a lot. And I think it's a very valid and legitimate question. So I'll ask it to you. I, for, like I said, forget the fact that it leaked Sunday night. Once that episode airs in Arkansas at 1030 in the morning on Monday, once that happens, that show is going to be spoiled no matter what. The question, though, is why do you have to spoil it? Why don't you let someone else do the dirty work? I, 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 it, I just told you. It's news. It's news. We were well, writing the news. It's, it's, is it, is it, uh, see, I guess I look at it as more entertainment than news. So I would. But, it, but, 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 but given the, the news cycle and how much was written about him and how many people followed this and, and on local news in, in Nevada and Illinois and I mean, places they had updates of that. He, you know, what number he was up to. And there was, you know, how I, I just think there's really not an argument that it wasn't, yeah, but news. it's not, it's not real news or important news. It's still entertainment news. I mean, it's not, you know, um, it's important news. When the guy is a pro better, we cover betting. Now that's, that's what makes the difference, right, Jimmy. That's, because because okay. we, we we cover betting. We're we you know this is a pro better, right? And right. and and we're more interested. Our reader, forget about everyone else. I mean, that's another problem with Twitter. I mean, people. Uh, I'm I'm working for the Action Network. Right. You know, people might who follow me might might not care about gambling, but the company that I work for is hyper interested in this because he is a better. Right. Um, I can't say that I a hundred percent love that answer, but I can't really push back on it. I guess that's fair. You're at the Action Network, Action Sports Network. He's a gambler. Fair. I guess that. Again, is your? Li- I'm not looking for you to agree right. with me. No, on no, everything. no, no. It's saying, a good discussion. I just want to say though that right. that the reason why yesterday wasn't as difficult as some might think, given the reaction, is because I was sure of what I did we were sure that it was the right call. Right. And so, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I've obviously had a lot of these, so I can, yeah. I can take it. Um, but I don't really have any regret. Again, in your defense, I would say this to people. This is a very different situation than a game of Thrones storyline, a movie, uh, you know, something that happens in a movie. This was leaked. And once something's leaked, uh, the cat's out of the bag. And once that train leaves the station, it's not stopping. It's, it's a different animal. So, right. you know, um, I'm curious, did you lose followers or gain followers on Monday? I lost about 5,000 followers. Wow. That's significant. Yes. Does that yes. bother you? Yep. Um, yeah, I think a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I guess that was the cost of doing that, that people unfollowed. And obviously, I feel like if they were on the fringe of, you know, unfollowing me to begin with, then... You know, yeah. Well, and they obviously don't think overall that I provide enough to their day anyway. I don't think a lot of people had you know this is a singular action. I think, right? And I don't know if people won't. You know, maybe those people will come back. I think Twitter has been really stagnant over the last year in terms of following. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I noticed. Well, at say- some point, I knew that enough people were unfollowing me that right. 
I, I looked at the number just so that I could keep track and see what happened. I'll, I'll say this. I don't know. You, I'd be curious to know if you agree or disagree. I am a huge proponent of my followers. I beg my followers, please unfollow me if you don't like what I tweet instead yes. of responding to me. I don't want. Yes. I don't want responses if you don't agree or you don't like. Not, not don't. Agree. I don't. If you don't like me, just I beg you, please don't follow me if you don't like what I'm my tweeting. My problem is my problem is that I have you know maybe the highest percentage of hate <laughs> followers on Twitter, and and so so you know if I say. Uh. Uh, you know that I have that I have two million <laughs> followers, and I'm going to ask a million to go away. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. Listen, say whatever you want about Darren Ravel. You can't say he's not self-aware. That was good. That was good. Yeah. No, because like I tweet about the Yankees, and inevitably someone will write back and be like, "No one cares," or "The Yankees suck." And it's like I would rather you unfollow me than respond to me and say you don't care about the Yankees. I know you don't care, but I don't care if you don't care. So just unfollow. My favorite. Me. My favorite one is when people say. No one cares. Right. And then it gets more retweets and likes than that person has followers. <laughs> um, wow. Interesting. I, 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 I don't. This is just going to keep happening, though, with spoilers. It's kind of, what yeah. was the movie that came out a month ago? It was like a sci-fi thing because I don't watch any of those movies. But there was a whole. Oh, uh, LaShawn McCoy. Yes. Spoiled the movie. That's why. That's why they. That's why they. People were putting me and LaShawn McCoy in a room oh, yesterday. That's great. But I will say, yeah. again, and Darren didn't read Train of Thoughts, unfortunately, so I didn't know this coming in, but the fact that that got a 10.1 rating, same as game one of the NBA Finals, game two got a 10.2, and was the 14, it was the highest rated episode in 14 years, it does say something for spoilers being good. I think, listen, the Jeopardy people may be pissed that that leaked, but the Jeopardy people should know they're not getting that rating if that didn't leak. I don't think the Jeopardy people were pissed. I really don't. I think they knew what they were doing. Now, the leak, the, they weren't pissed at me. But no, no, leak, no. I don't mean you. Know, I mean who, that it leaked Sunday night. Yeah, who knows? I mean, they said they're going to sue that person. That doesn't mean that they, they should still send think the person a thing of flowers and candy. Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. getting that rating without the spoilers last on Monday night. Well, right, because you, got, you want to see how he lost. Right. How did this guy lose? Right. All right. Um, before I let you go, I want let's do five minutes quickly, if you don't mind. I'm just curious because you are with the Action Sports Network. Give me a little taste. No of, sports. No sports. No sports. Just Action Network. Action Network. I'm sorry. Action Network. Um, give me a taste. What's going on in the Action Network in terms of the NBA Finals? Is betting? Uh, are you getting as many? Is it as big as you thought it would be? Not as much. You know, no LeBron. Is there less interest in the finals? Yeah, the no, Le the Le no LeBron, I think, has an effect. I think um, people are very confused in terms of how to bet because they're, you know, you look at the Warriors and you, you're playing their jersey, right? Mm -hmm. You're playing what they've been uh, in the NBA finals. Um, and, and, and now you, you don't have Kevin Durant and you might not have Klay Thompson. Who knows? Right. But, you know, you're just so used to the Warriors, and you're used to the Raptors, too. I mean, like, the Raptors, aside from Kawhi Leonard, are, are very much a great team together. But it makes it less obvious to have faith in them. You know, so, like, for game, may, maybe it's, you know, they've, they've probably won seven and a half, you know, quarters. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, for the second game, when I was thinking about, well, what, I'm, what am I going to bet? Um, I couldn't bet the spread or the money line because I just wasn't, I didn't know what, who these teams were. 
Right. It's the, um, the Warriors so are I tough. Just said, with I bet all their player injuries. props. Yeah. I thought that. I thought that you know Siakam because of his first game, you know, at whatever it was, it was like nineteen and a half. I thought that was being generous, and mm-hmm. I thought that Clay Thompson was going to score, you know, over twenty one and a half, and then he got injured. But so I, I, I think I think people are confused because it's just not not cut or dry. Right. This isn't the Warriors of the past. And um, and the Raptors, I don't think, you know, we've obviously haven't seen them at this level, so we don't know. Nor do we know, most people know, you know, I, I do believe, and they didn't play well um, for a little bit in the second game, but I do believe, having been in that building, that the Raptors probably have a greater home court advantage than most in that in that building. Well, they don't now because they already lost the home games. So Obviously, get, yeah. yes, they um, did have the yeah, right. Um, yeah, the Warriors are very tough now with the injuries to to sort of wait, you know, figure out what you want to do for a wager. Before the series started, I bet Warriors in five. I think I got right. a chance. If Clay, Thompson, you think you got a chance? I think you do too. If Clay Thompson can get that hamstring right, I think I have a chance. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you do have a chance. Now, Warriors in five, I think, was the was the most popular in terms of the odds. Right? It was either right. Warriors in five or Warriors in six. Right. We're, we're we're the most popular to bet, um, but you know it's it's interesting because when Kawhi um, when Kawhi is not going, you know they could still. I mean, a Fred Van Fleet. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, I mean the guy the guy the guy is able to, you know, I mean he's just going to be alone because how many times Kawhi is double teamed, and if he can hit the shots, it's just. You know, it, it, it makes it hard. I think with, with the Warriors, when Clay is healthy and Steph, I mean, it's pretty much like, okay, well, you just got to let them beat you. The, Kawhi is clearly above and beyond going to be the best player every night on the Raptors. And I think so, so the double team is going to happen. If those, that's what makes them so dangerous as a team. If the rest of the team takes advantage of that and they have a high shooting percentage, they can beat the Warriors as they proved in game one. Uh, I don't. I think the only way they're beating the Warriors is if Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are hurt. But I want to switch quickly before we go. Women's World Cup. Are you expecting a lot of action at the Action Network on that? Do you think that this will be a? Let me let me, let me ask. Women's World Cup. Are we expecting a lot of betting? So 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 so. I'm okay. told. I mean, obviously, it helps that the U.S. is good. Right. Um, but it's it's clearly not. You know anything like them? I feel like I feel like anyone will bet any game in the in the men's World Cup. Any game that doesn't involve the U.S. I think obviously the U.S. games for for the women are going to be the ones that are you know where people will will engage. I think that's what the difference is. So you know, it the U.S. wasn't in the last World Cup in the men's, and uh, I don't know if it really mattered that much. It's still a huge bet. The women being good helps, but it doesn't make it a fraction of what it is for the men. I, I know too. I I don't know where the are these tournament are these games taking place during the day here in the United States, or are they? I think there will be. I I think there will be some. 
I haven't I, looked at the entire I know, schedule. I know for myself and for some of the degenerates at SI.com, like when there's day action. It takes away for it takes away when it's the day, right? No, I think it adds to it. I think Oh, you love well, it. Because well, because we, it's again, this is where we get caught up. It's just like Twitter. We have TVs well, on our desk. We can watch streaming. So we like the action during the day, you know. It's But I guess, if, again, if you well, work the whole, in a, the whole office bet on Liberty plus seven today because the game started at 11 o'clock. So WNBA. Wait. WNBA game starts at 11 o'clock in the morning? Today it did, yes. And so the whole office here uh, had, had Liberty plus seven. They lost by five. Um, and so the whole office is watching. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we, you know, that, we get caught up in that world. But again, it's the same thing as the if you, spoilers. If you work in a bank, you work in a hospital, you're a school teacher, yeah. you're not on Twitter, you're not watching games during the day. So we, somehow, we sometimes have to come out. I'm fascinated. I cannot wait to get back to my desk to check the attendance on this Liberty game at 11 a.m. How many yeah. people can go to a game at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday? Yeah. Yes, it was in New York. Obviously, they were playing. They were playing the Sparks. So fascinating. So, home dogs. Yep. Tuesday at eleven a.m. at Madison Square Garden. Whew. Um, all right. I I I'm fascinated by that. Uh, I thank you for coming on and 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 you know braving the fire here for the last forty eight hours. Well, we we always have a reasoned conversation, so I appreciate yeah. that. If you think I'm wrong, you you know I think you get to the point of why you think I'm wrong. So. I think, I'll listen, I, I think, I, I, again, the, to bottom line it, there was no way that was staying unspoiled till 730 Eastern. Do you have to be the person to do it? You're saying it's part of your world, Action Network. I, I see both sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. That's how I would sum it up. Thanks, well, Darren. As I said, I'm very confident in what, what we did, and, and, the, and the opinions of other people didn't change that. You know, stay safe in those Twitter. Give me the give me the what was a reply you got that made you laugh or or you enjoy the because it's, it's about the creativity with the reply. I even said, you know, sometimes a very simple reply, you know, like you're a turd could be. There, funny. there, was, there was there was a guy who said he was going to spoil every Olympics <laughs> result for me from now until the end of time. Eh, that doesn't sound that bad. Uh, there was so much negativity, you yeah. know, there's so much negativity that. uh I don't. I don't really remember anything. It's all. It's all a blur. All right. It's all a blur. Well, stay safe in those Twitter right. streets. All right. Take care. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. Bye bye. All right. Before we get to Andrew Marshan, let's hear from the SI Media Podcast sponsor. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular, New York Post sports columnist, Andrew Marshan. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm well. Did I get it right? Sports media columnist? You did. Okay. You did. Thank you. Good. Okay. Um, and I should start with the fact that Andrew and I got into a Twitter discussion on Monday. And do you get frustrated like I do that if you have a back and forth with someone, especially someone you know and you're friends with and you're colleagues with or whatever, people automatically want to just right away say it's a fight and a battle and, you know, I thought it was just a healthy discussion. Yeah, I don't get frustrated, but yes, I do think people kind of sometimes, and I can understand it, for, you know, they're not as, um, they don't know we know each other as well, some people don't, or, or they just might think it's getting personal, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of know how I look at it, and I can't really control how other people are going to look at things, so, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I, did, I did get a couple of people saying, saying like we were like a little war. Uh, it makes but, uh, me, yeah, it makes me not want to tweet sometimes, like, can't you just have a discussion? For, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I mean, I, 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 that they said that I thought it was funny, but right. for me, it was just between doing different things that I would tweet at you yeah, back yeah. to see your response. And, you know, of course, you were wrong and everything you said, so it was kind of, um, <laughs> I found it humorous. So for people who don't know what happened, a little background. Um, so Sunday night, Yankees outfielder Clinton Frazier has a terrible game in the outfield. He's been having a terrible year defensively. Doesn't speak to reporters after the game. I saw a handful of tweets Sunday night, Monday morning, and then I read a column Monday where the media, the New York media, basically went after Clint Frazier for not speaking. And I said that I fully expected the New York media to make a big deal out of it. They did. It's embarrassing. The guy had a bad game, didn't want to talk. What's the big deal? And Andrew took major issue with that and embarrassed himself by defending his colleagues. I'll let you now. I'll let you. I'll let you rebut. I'll let you rebut. Yes. Well, Clint Frazier didn't talk to the media, and so there are the thing about the New York media. It's not really that much badder and or meaner than really other. Yes, it is. Cities, maybe some cities, maybe some cities, but it's bigger. It's bigger. Right. And so, if you're someone like Jimmy, who maybe <laughs> follows a few Yankee people um, who cover the Yankees, they're all going to be tweeting about it, of course, because it just happened. And so they, they all tweet about it, and then you get a false sense of the importance they're putting on it. Not that they're not – that's not to say it doesn't have any importance to it. Then my colleague Ken Davidoff wrote a column. If you read it, there's context in the column. Um, and what you're missing about not talking to the media – yeah, I personally, having covered baseball for you know formally and, and did for a pretty good amount of time, yeah, I couldn't care less on a personal level if Clint Frazier doesn't talk it's not, you, you're trying to make it like it's an affront. And I'm not saying there's not some, a couple of dumb reporters out there who are like, oh, how dare he not talk to us? I, I, I agree. There might be a couple of those, like anything that you're, you're, you're just saying a group says something. I don't think most people say that. But what happens is, though, the way you talk to the fans is through the media. Now, obviously, that's changing not true. In the world that we live not in. True, not it's true. It's changing a not little true. bit in this world we live in. But, but historically, that's how it is. And that's still, there is something 
still to that. No. I agree socially they can reach out and, and say things through all of their different social feeds. However, traditionally you're asked questions and there is something to it. The thing that you don't understand in this situation is how a clubhouse works, how an organization works. And when you're 25 and you haven't done anything like Clint Frazier, when you don't handle your own business and you leave it to your teammates, it generally doesn't go over well. So that is what you're missing in your equation where, right. you, where you kind of act as if you don't care. And I agree. Like I, I understand how someone has a 25 year old has a really bad day uh, and doesn't want to answer questions for five or 10 minutes. It's understandable, but it, many times is a seed of something that's bigger. And I think that's what Ken Davidoff's column was getting at. And anybody who kind of pointed at that probably maybe knows a little bit more than they can maybe say or, you know, fully now um, that there might be something a little more under the surface. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Now I'll explain to you all the ways you're wrong. First off, you're putting this as a clubhouse thing and and on and and Frazier not speaking to the media then has to um you know translates into the Yankee teammates having to speak to the media whether Clint Frazier spoke or not the New York media was going to ask his teammates about his horrible defense i mean they lost the game because of his defense so i don't buy that there was all this extra talk because he didn't speak and and now all the Yankee players have to account for Clint Frazier not speaking but fine that wasn't even my point. My point was, um, to, if you want to address specifically your colleague Ken Davidoff, who I, I have nothing against. I, I mean, I'm sure now I'm sure he was one of the people who probably texted USA and now hates my guts. But he wrote in his column, "quote At the least, Clint Frazier owes an apology, and that's just complete bullshit. He does not owe anyone an apology. He's allowed to skip talking after a game." I say this as a Yankee fan, as a, as a member of the media. The guy had a really bad day at work, doesn't want to talk about it. I have no issue with that. He should not apologize. And, you know, Davidoff also said, at the worst, he should be traded. And then, of course, in his column said he would not do that. But that's also, I mean, you suggest something outrageous and ridiculous and then say, oh, but I wouldn't do that, is, a, is sort of a cheap column ploy. And... That's what I had issues with. Yeah, look, I don't know if I would agree. I don't know if Clint Frazier owes anybody an apology, but I do know that if you play for the New York Yankees, this is just part of the gig. And you might think it's stupid. It's not. But the thing I think you're on, like in forgetting what I'm talking about in terms of the how it works in the clubhouse, that's one thing. But how it works in the media, your column is based off of, mostly based off of other people's uh, material. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you steal it, well, you link, you do all that stuff. I'm not saying you're doing anything um, wrong, but the way that stuff comes to be in in a lot of respects is from interviews like the one Clint Frazier would have done. And then, and I know you're saying, well, that's just one guy not doing it, but it does feed off if if that's okay. Well, you end up you end up like uh, like like soccer in Europe where the guys never talk. That's and a ridiculous. You might say, oh, that doesn't matter. I don't care. And maybe. And maybe that's okay. And maybe there's a lot of fans out there who say, you know what, I wouldn't care. But there's a lot of content, a lot of understanding and knowing these players. You wouldn't know them as well without those interviews. That's a ridiculous leap that you went to. But um, I'll just I'll just say this, and then I'll let you have the last <laughs> word on it since I'm going to be yep. a gracious host. And again, 
I feel bad saying this because I don't know Ken Davidoff. I'm sure he's a great guy. I have nothing against him. And this is going to sound yep. harsh, but this is what I believe as being someone in the media. The second Clinton Frazier decides not to speak to the media after a game, in my this is how this is what I think. Yep. The media, the New York media, loves that because they know they have a layup column that they can write. It's basically you know cut and paste. You could just you know you don't even have to think about it. Athlete X won't talk to the media. Here's you know he's a bad guy. Blah blah blah. I mean there were to even write a column about it is absurd in my opinion. But it's but I know why a writer would do that. It's just it's a complete layup. Because really, well, at the end of the day, one, it's not I a big deal that, at all right? that nobody, outside of about, I don't know, 12, 15, 20 writers, there isn't a person in America who cares that Clinton Frazier didn't talk to the media for one well, night. Now everyone cares because this right. humongously listened to podcast, every, you know, everyone's going to know about this situation. I'll let you um, have the last word. Yes. Okay. So to answer your question, you, the thesis of your original tweet was how the media was so upset about Clint Frazier. Okay, you've cited one column, and it was by my oh, colleague, were, Ken Davis. Well, that was, see, that... And, uh, I know Ken, and this is the thing, the thing about Ken is Ken, Ken doesn't just write things for effect. He writes a lot of things I disagree with. Right. That, you at know, the most, he should be traded. At the least, he should apologize. But, That's not for effect. No, not at all. What? At the most, he should be traded. At the least, he should apologize. You're telling me that wasn't for effect? Come on. No, I'm not saying he doesn't write. Of course, he's writing well, a column. I mean, right. I'm not saying he doesn't write things strong, but I, right. he believes them. I don't think it's just like it's a layup. Well, he that was my that. point. If he believes Clint Frazier owes him an apology, we have a problem. But you, but that's saying one. You said the media, so maybe you have a problem with Ken. No, okay, yeah, fine. I said the media because that's other I, people besides Ken did it. But you were. I'm not going to sit there. No offense to you. I'm not doing this for anyone. If I say something like that, and then you say who else? I'm not going to sit there and go find 50 tweets and columns and send them off to you. Because there weren't though. That's the thing. There was one. Column. Yes, there were. There no, were. there were they, not. That that's not true. That is not true. But the, but the way I get it, I think. Listen, we're we're gonna we'll, we'll you said I got a lot of words. Okay. I think it's a little bit of a straw man argument. And I think it's often twisted against the media. And I do agree with you. There are, there are. I'm not going to say there's nobody who doesn't treat it like how dare he not speak to us. There are people like that. I disagree with those people. Clint has the right not to speak to the media. But I do think you're missing the larger issue inside the clubhouse and not understanding that if it's okay for why it's like if you're in that clubhouse. And I'm not saying this is happening in Yankee clubhouse, but it happens. Years ago, the best example were the Braves with John Rocker after he says, said all the things in your magazine um, to Jeff Perlman yep. years and years ago. Afterward, Rocker wouldn't talk about it, but all his teammates had to talk about it, and they got sick of it. And, and that's one of the reasons that he had to go. Um, and so, again, this isn't that, but right. it's, Thank that's you what, that. That, that is what the, the dynamic is that I think you're failing to understand. Okay. I wanted to give you the last word, so I'm very glad you said this isn't that because then I would have had to not give you the last word. But now I'm gonna, I gave it to you. We will move on. All right, let's go. We can agree to disagree. All right. All right. Um, I, I, I know you want to talk about, and I do too, Monday Night Football making a, a behind-the-scenes change, which I think is significant. Before we do that quickly, NBA Finals ratings, I ever I, – I, I feel like there's a lot of talk about them because with Toronto being there and they're not rated in the U.S., anybody can spin these numbers in about a million different ways now because of that caveat. Game one did a 10.1. Game two did a 10.2. For context, this is what Train of Thoughts was about on Tuesday. If you haven't read it, check it out in the archives. Jeopardy on Monday, which was spoiled during the day, 
where James Holtzhauser lost, got a 10.1. Same rating as game one of the NBA Finals. So I ask you, Andrew Marchand, ESPN, happy, unhappy, or in between on NBA Finals ratings after two games? And I know I know that they wanted to go seven, and that's the ultimate. But after two games, what do you think the vibe is? Well, that was the first thing I was going to say. Yeah, they wanted to – if it goes seven games, they'll be happy. Uh, the more games, the better for them. That's, that's their goal. Uh, in terms of the number, I think it's out of their control. So I can't – I haven't spoken directly with anybody to say, are you happy with these ratings? I mean, they're going to spin it that they are, of course. But I do think you have to factor in there's no LeBron James after eight years, and people could say they were sick of LeBron James. They didn't want, people watch for LeBron James. I mean, he's the one of the he's arguably you know top two player of all time, uh, and he's the biggest thing in sports uh, these days, even 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 out of the playoffs. And so he, he with him not being in the playoffs, that's a huge blow. Uh, and then the other factor is Toronto, and it's not only that Toronto. Uh, doesn't count that that market doesn't count. They are a glamorless team. You know, they're not. Right, right. They're they're not. They're they're they're, they're very unknown. Um, you know, besides Kawhi Leonard, but I'd even argue for a, a star of his magnitude, he does not have the crossover appeal um, of many other guys. Exactly. If you compare him to Kobe or Shaq or you know just a million guys. Allen Iverson. You know, Kawhi Leonard is maybe in that company all time if he continues, you know, a few more years, I think he needs. But uh, but he's definitely not, doesn't have the Q rating uh, of those guys. So I think you factor in those things and, and the rating is not bad. And then Golden State, again, I do think people actually do like these super teams. Con Coward talks about this a lot in his show, or, you know, at least in years past he has. You know, in fact, you know, you look at the ratings for the NCAA tournament, everyone always says they want to see Cinderella. Well, no, you actually want to see Duke. You want to see North Carolina. The ratings prove that out. Kansas, all these superior teams, that's who you want to see. So I think Golden State is fine having them in there again, but it is a little bit boring. And even though they don't have Durant, I do think there is a feeling that they're just too good. uh, And that kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it uh, for the, you know, not diehard fan. Who uh, who's going to be there no matter who's in the the uh, finals? But for that non non regular diehard, you know, should I watch? Eh, no LeBron. Eh, who's on Toronto? They Kyrie. They Kyrie Leonard. Okay, uh, and Golden uh, Golden State again, and they're going to win again. You know, I could see people. So I I do think so. If you're ESPN, um, I I think that like like you said at the beginning, the big thing is going seven games and getting this extra commercial money. Yeah, and. It's interesting because there is sort of this uh, narrative about the NBA is so huge on Twitter and maybe it's not translating into the numbers. And again, it's hard to judge the numbers without a second market in there in the NBA finals. But the one thing I would say, and you said this um, first, is I I don't think people understand – the NBA fan understands the importance of not having LeBron James in the NBA Finals, but what I don't think people really understand is the, the the fringe audience that comes to the television if LeBron is playing, I think is so much bigger than people even think. I know people know that, but I think it's even bigger. LeBron is, you know, this cultural icon, and there's no one, for as good as Steph Curry and Durant are, they're not even remotely close to the figure that LeBron is. And I think... Um, even if you had two markets in here, 
the LeBron factor would be, you know, good for a rating point or two, I think. No doubt. It's LeBron over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. LeBron, Tiger, Jordan, uh, the Yankees in baseball. There's not a team, you know, there's not an individual because of the way the sport's constructed. I mean, those are the guys and the team that make a huge difference in ratings. Football, they can basically put anybody in there and they're going to get the numbers. Right. And it's hard to predict why one number's better than another. Uh, you know, if you talk about the Super Bowl and the difference in the ratings. Uh, because sometimes it's a great matchup and you think it'd be better, but basically the whole nation's watching. Uh, so uh, it's hard to say why some are better than others. Obviously, the game has something to do with it. Yeah, what um, you, and what how, it, you just, how competitive. You just put a thought in my head when you, when you said that. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, here's the NBA Finals getting 10.1, 10.2 ratings. I, can you even imagine that a year or two ago, there were people who seriously said the M, the NFL was dying, the NFL was in trouble? Yeah, it was silly. I thought at the oh, time. Oh, so silly. I mean, I, I thought, and also the reasonings behind it, I think, were kind of silly. But they, they, you know, putting drawing a straight line to the Kaepernick issue. Um, I don't think. I do think there are parts of the country where that might have had somewhat of a factor. But overall, I think you know, if you really look at it, did a deeper dive, it, it was too. Well, it got a little too right. saturated, and not enough good games. And you know, they kind of figured out a little bit. I think Brady. Um, you know, one year was hurt, maybe, you know, maybe not hurt, but I guess Peyton Manning was retired then. Um, and there's weren't the quarterbacks and now they've, they've had a resurgence with Mahomes, et cetera. Right. And so I, yeah, I think it was silly. I'm just saying, I agree. The, 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 the crappy Saturday, 4:30 ESPN NFL playoff game that we get every year, which, you know, like the Colts, Chiefs, Titans, whatever. Yeah. Wouldn't even come close to a 10.1 rating. You know what I mean? It's just... And, you know, the NBA is so huge on Twitter, and there's always this comparison, which makes no sense because nothing's ever going to top the NFL. But the only thing is, the NFL, the one thing I would say, though, is that everyone loves to make – and the NFL is the king. Don't get me wrong. They're the king. It's the, it's the most watched on TV. But they only play 16 games. NBA, 82. Right. Then you get your playoffs that wait, go right. way too long. And then baseball is underrated in terms, I think, of its popularity – because they're playing 162 games, and these regional sports networks are built on baseball. Basketball and hockey a little bit, right. but they're built on baseball. And I just think if you played 16 Yankee games a year, tell me what the rating would be for each game. Right. Right. That's fair. That's fair. And they're also drawing. I know attendance is down, but they're drawing. I mean, well, you, like, you wanted to compare football and baseball attendance-wise. Everyone well, would be like, well, it's not fair. They only play that many games. Okay, yeah, but it's not fair TV-wise. Again, that when you compare baseball and football, I'm not saying football's not a better TV sport. It clearly is, and there's there's reason to watch it. And if there's only one Yankee game a week, football would beat it. Well, I'm not comparing but, NFL and MLB. I mean, that's yeah. I would never – I'm talking about NBA and the NBA Finals here. That's, that's, but I still I, think they're different animals. I mean, the NBA is now um, – they're going to outdraw in terms of people coming to the arenas um, more. So I, I think it's – I think it's a little more complicated and people just love to just throw the TV ratings as if it's apples to apples and they're, they're not right. Fair. That's fair. Um, so Monday night football, speaking of ESPN, they have a, well, I don't want to say a new crew, but Jason Witten's out. So when we go into the season, it'll be Joe Tessitore and Bogan McFarland. No changes there. Just Witten out. They did make it. They announced the change on Tuesday. They will have a new director. Um, Jimmy Platt, will now be the director of Monday Night Football, and he has done college football for ESPN. I think he's been there since 2010, the release said, and he's done the New Year's 
Eve, New Year's Day, whatever they are, bowl games for ESPN. So he's got the experience there. And I found this very interesting because I was one of these, I was one of the few people last year, I did not criticize the ESPN broadcast broadcast booth that much, maybe a couple of times here and there. I was not this anti-Witt and anti-McFarland person that everyone else in the universe seemed to be. I had a major, major issue, though, with the overall telecast of Monday Night Football. I thought they were trying to sort of reinvent the telecast. Uh, they had, you know, they would cut to Booger McF McFarlane on that dumb crane 20 times a game. Then they would show Tessa Torn Witten 20 times a game. They would do these crazy wild shots where you see the back of their heads while they're in the booth. And showing the field was not really important during the Monday Night Football games. And I found that to be the bigger problem than the announcers. So I was very fascinated when I saw this release that they switched directors. Um, do you have any inside information on why the switch was made? And what do you think about the switch? Yeah, I mean, Chip Dean was there forever and was very respected um, in the industry um, and took a job where he's overseeing um, other directors. Now, do I know if he wanted that to happen or not? I don't know fully. But I, I think... Personally, I would I would think I don't think you can uh, blame uh, any director. I think there's a lot of directives at ESPN, a lot of meetings that go into their broadcasts, and so I, I don't know if uh, if he was making that decision, he might even disagree with it. I don't know. I don't know either way. But but I guess the point being is that I think this will have like no impact on how you feel about the broadcast. Like I don't think it was oh. You know, one guy said, you know, let's just show the Boogermobile. I think they thought the Boogermobile was a good idea, and it's one of the worst ideas ever. Um, and so uh, they kept showing it at the beginning. We're doing something different. And as I wrote the other day when I was talking about Sunday Night Baseball, I just feel like sometimes ESPN with these broadcasts, they're overcompensating for something. Right. Is it they don't feel like Monday Night Football is Monday Night Football anymore, so we got to try to do something else to jazz it up. And I just think they reached. And I think this year they'll probably just let – Tessator and Booger just do the game and see how it sounds. And I think most people will probably like it better because it will just be easier to digest. And it's not about the broadcast. It's about the game. And so, you know, at the end of the day, that's where your rating is going to come in. It's going to be because the games are good. And look, I'm not saying I, I'm not sure. We'll see on this Tessator Booger booth. I'm not sure if it'll be good or not. Uh, but I think that we'll focus more on the game and that's, been ESPN's issue um, in Sunday Night Baseball and football in that they've been trying. Sometimes they try to do too much and put too much into what other stuff can we do besides the game when they're paying billions for the games. Just show the game. That's all you got to do. Show the game and make it so we don't have to know it's ESPN's broadcast. I'm curious. So you, so you don't, you're saying you don't think a new director will change things? I, I, I think you might see some noticeable um well changes. i think it noticeably noticeably changed throughout the year as the boogermobile got panned and they realized it wasn't good and eventually ditched it by the end of the season right they um you know they uh they moved on from showing those shots that you didn't like right and so you know that so i, I don't think um you know so i i think that the impact was more it's more philosophical than anything, and I don't know. If you ask me, you know, again, Chip Dean, who they gave a, a nice um, tribute to, he's, he's been there a long, long time. 
Um, and like I said, very respected. Uh, they gave a nice tribute at the Pro Bowl. Um, I don't think it was his fault uh, that Monday Night Football uh, was struggled last year. I mean, it started off with the, it started off with the Bookmobile. Forget Witten. It started off with you're making the telecast um, about something right. nobody's interested in. But besides the Bookmobile, I mean, I don't know if it was because they wanted to show that like Tessator and Witten were best friends and lo- but they showed the booth. More than any other telecast, CBS, Fox, NBC, they went to the booth like five times a quarter. It would seem like. Yeah, no, but that's no, like I, this. You know, that's that's producing. I mean, that's 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 right. a decision that you make when, in terms of your philosophy, going into the week, and you know, then the director obviously has a a um a lot of say into what happens as as the game's going on because he's he's moving with the flow of what's going on with the action. But it's, I, I think that's something that's discussed on Tuesday and Wednesday and, you know, and, and during the season in terms of figuring out how we want to do our broadcast. And they decided that they wanted to show you, right. They did, they did show it. It was terrible. And then they had this two oh. shot with the three step with Booger in his mobile and then test and Witten. It just didn't, yeah. it didn't work. And then they, they listen to their credit. Now they realized that, they punted on, you know, the booger mobile, and they'll go with the two men. But I don't know. To me, this doesn't really. I mean, it it might be different the broadcast, but I don't think it's it will be different because well, of a different director. I think the philosophy will be different. I'll say I'll say this. I'm optimistic about it from this standpoint. You you no longer have the crane. You have two men in the booth as opposed to three total. And now you change the director, which, like I said, I had a big problem with the overall telecast. I, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a much improved broadcast. Just like I said, from having two announcers as opposed to three, there's no more crane, two people in the booth, new director. Maybe you don't show the booth fifty times. I think it's going to be. I'm optimistic. I think I think Monday Night Football is going to be a much better telecast. And here's the thing. And Jimmy, I always say this. Like my job that I have. I mean, if you could take one job off the world and the earth would still spin at the exact same speed, it'd be my job. So so level of importance is not that important. But I will say this for what I do and what others that, that do what I do do. Um, I do think that the one thing that annoys the heck out of me is when places do not put people in positions to succeed because anybody in your career, mm-hmm. you can always say, well, you know, if I was just in this position, I'd succeed. And in just what you just said, think about it. They weren't put in a position to succeed. We all know the Booger Mobile made it harder to do well. It made it harder, not only for Booger, but really more so for Tessator and Witten right, because they're right. in the booth and they got to try to figure out when Booger is going to speak. And I know they had the FaceTime thing, you know, simulator kind of going where they could see each other, but it's not the same. And so that, that was one strike against them. Then they put a rookie in the booth, two strikes against them. So they didn't give them a chance. You're right. This year, they're giving them a chance to succeed. Now, will they? Uh, I do think they're, I think they're, Tessator's polarizing play-by-player. Some people like him. Some people really dislike him. And so, you know, he'll, he'll be interesting. ESPN really likes Booger a lot. So I think he'll get, um, I think he'll get a, a you know, big chance here to, you know, if it's not with the booth, because there's Tomo, Tony Romo possibly hanging over the whole booth with the whole year with him being a free agent. But, but Booger has a big future at ESPN, regardless, I think, if it's on games or in studio. Uh, but but the big thing is they're getting a chance to succeed. And, you know, I do I am happy for those guys because if they blew up the whole thing and those guys got one year where they got the Booger Mobile and they got a rookie in Witten, 
and basically that's their big chance to to be on the top game, and that's the chance you get. That's one of the things you might not get another chance in your career, and that would be a shame for those guys if uh, if their opportunity was kind of given to them, and it really, uh, like I said, had two strikes when they they went into they went to the plate. That, yeah, that's a very good point. Very good point. Um, you mentioned Sunday night baseball. I'll do this quickly. I I watched a couple of innings with the sound on the other night because I usually listen to John and Susan, as we all know, and uh, the greatest broadcast team in the history of baseball. And I love how you just said that. I don't want to bring up Francis. I love how you just said that, as we all know. Like, the whole world knows how Jimmy Trainer watches a Yankee. No, no. I Go said, ahead. no, no. I said John and Susan were the greatest, as everyone knows. I think that's what I... Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. I thought you said, as you all know, this is how I listen to the well, game. I, I, I apologize. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I listen to John and Susan. It's true. I, mean, I, don't know if, I, mean, I feel like your reach with this podcast is so enormous that not everyone knows every no. little thing about you. I'm really just talking to people who follow me on Twitter. That's really the only all right, thing. Fine. They know I listen to John and Susan. Anyway, I listen to a couple of innings. I'm biased because I don't like A-Rod, but... That's a rough telecast, and this is announcers and and production. That is a rough telecast on Sunday night. Am I wrong? I mean, I wrote a column criticizing it. You criticized it before it even aired, which I thought was a ballsy move. Well, I yeah. I mean, look, it was a (laughs) column that uh, my editor Mark Hale we've been talking about for a couple weeks in terms of doing something on Sunday night, and I kind of wanted to wait till after Game of Thrones. I feel like people were watching that, not really, and then just a lot of playoffs. Anyway, so obviously Yankees playing, perfect opportunity for New York Post to write a column about Sunday Night Baseball, and they're scheduled to put the three, um, you know, in the booth with Vascurge with, uh, and A-Rod and Jessica Mendoza in the right field seats for the judges' chambers, which is just like, why? Like, I mean, I, I, like I, I'd say this. They actually did a better job of just focusing on the game. I mean, they, they, what happened was there was a thunderstorm um, threatening, and so they, they ditched the idea of putting the uh, crew in the judges' chambers. And so oh, then all the elements they probably had planned, they had to throw those out the window too. So they focused on that. the game, which they've done in recent weeks more so, which is a big, big plus. Again, nobody's tuning in to see A-Rod and Jessica and Vascursion in the judges' chambers every four innings. You know, oh, here, here they are. That's just going to annoy people. People are going to tune in for Red Sox Yankees to watch Red Sox Yankees. And I know I'll get, and I talked to Mark Gross, one of their you know top executives who, who runs baseball for them, who said that, you know, we only do this a few times a year. Um, and they do sell advertising against it, but he said the advertising had nothing to do with it. But my point would be is that, again, when we talked about Monday night, are you putting your people in the best positions? to succeed and if advertising has nothing to do with it and i'm all for advertising that'll save jobs and they'll make more money i'm all for it um but if that's not the reason if it's just editorially i don't see how you're helping your broadcasters because you well, can talk to a million broadcasters none of them would want to do the game for right. the right field well they don't care if, they're, telling, if they're truth if there's truth serum right ASPN doesn't care about the game they want to promote their announcers they don't care about the game i, I I, I listened to a couple of, like, you know, what that's what I was trying to say is it was hard for me to listen to John and Susan the whole game because I was watching the NBA finals as well and going back and forth. A-Rod in the fourth inning of a 3-1 game saying this is the game right here was, that's when I had to check out. I had to ch- It's the fourth inning of a 3-1 yeah, A-Rod's game. like inconsistent. He says oh some good God. things, but then he says, yeah. what? I mean, that's just, a 3-1 game in the fourth inning, you say this is the game right here? Really? He also said You're the that top analyst? Clint Frazier, I forgot, I forgot which inning it was, but he's up with 
two men on and there's a double steal, which he did a great job of predicting a double steal was going to come. Then they, they, uh, a guy gets thrown out and Clint Frazier comes up next inning and he's like, this is great for Clint Frazier because he gets a, I don't know what the count was, because it might have been 02. Right. He gets a new count and it's like, wouldn't you rather get a chance to, do some damage with two guys on and right. you know, do a chance to get back in the game. Again, A-Rod, he's inconsistent. I don't think that's the best forum for him, probably. You know, he could improve. Uh, Mark Rose said, and I think it's a good point, he only is, um, uh, he's only done 35, 36 games so far, and um, and so there there is room for him to get better and reps are a thing. But here's the thing about this stuff. And now A-Rod's A-Rod. He's a big star. I know you can't stand him, but he's a big star. But the one thing is, when you get to Sunday Night Baseball, you do not get graded on a curve. So if Jesse Mendoza hasn't done a lot of games, A-Rod hasn't done a lot of games, and so that leaves Matt Vasgersian, you know, having to probably do too much, you know, probably um, where you'd want him to do a little less and set these guys, you know, guys and gals up. Mm-hmm. So there's more of a discussion. There's a smoother. That's fine, and we can use the excuse like they did with Jason Witten that, you know, oh, Jason Witten's a long-term plan, and you know, it's like they're tanking for a number one pick in five years. Uh, it's not. You're you're doing Sunday Night Baseball, the second most prestigious national booth after the Fox booth doing the World Series. Then you don't get great on a curve. And so, you know, the broadcast, it's disjointed. And last thing, and I said this in the column, they do, again, they do have a big disadvantage because people are used to uh, they're regular broadcasters every mm-hmm. day. You listening right. to John and Susan, everyone knows that. You know, you're listening to John and Susan every night. And then secondly, um, the the fact is um, they're doing a national broadcast and, you know, the local broadcasts are more uh, just for their teams. So, and, and they're going to know less just because they're coming in, no matter how good they are, they're going to know less than their the everyday announcers right. who are there uh, with their teams. Agree with everything you said. Gonna gonna end it now because we we we're we've been very kumbaya the last you know twenty minutes of this thirty minutes so and everyone's bored they like yeah, it when we're fighting exactly. talking about David off. well tell Ken David off I, I apologize I didn't mean to um you know upset but you're him. apologizing on behalf of Clint Frazier I let's not get into it let's just say goodbye <laughs> and we made it thirty four minutes without talking about Mike Francesa another another this is we should be celebrating all these things I thank you for coming on. And I am sure you will be on again soon. All right. I appreciate you. Thanks, Andrew. Take care. All right. My thanks to Darren Rovell and Andrew Marshamp for coming on the podcast this week. Please, if you haven't listened to past episodes, go into the archives and check those out. Recent guests include Mike Breen, Jim Nance, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, uh, Chris Long, really retired Philadelphia Eagles star. And uh, last week, Ben Strauss of the Washington Post. So you can dip into the archive, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week right here on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.